hello there. Come in, come in. You must be here for the full session. The big man at the paperback cabaret has a soft spot for would-be philosophers and books. Once a week, he lets us use a back corner for a little chat in between rehearsals and performances, of course. Man's gotta make his money, you know. Head on back, doll. The gals are waiting for you. Welcome back to another episode of the Paperback Cabaret. I'm Tracy. I'm Lisa. And it's just the two of us today. It's just How about us. that? It's just us. <laughs> I love all of our girls, but anytime I get one-on-one with any of you, it's delightful. And I mean, I've known you the longest out of all of our gal pals at this point. That's so true. <laughs> we have a very good foundation to be working That's from. Right. That's right. I love it. And I actually, like, I kicked out an article that my therapist sent to me this week after my therapy appointment, how to get over fear of disappointing others. And it really hit me hard. And I was like, what do you ladies think about this? And we've decided to make it what we're going to talk about, at least for part of the episode for today. I'm looking forward to it. You had mentioned in a message that it kind of like coincides with some of the the therapy that you have had to do for your OCD as well. And oh, I my gosh. Was, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was re- like the whole like, like first introduction to the article or whatever is like, oh, my gosh, this is me and OCD. Totally. Right. It felt so like it really was just like, wow, like all of yeah. it. I was like, I relate to all of this so much. Yeah. And I think we should go through it like kind of point by point because there's some really interesting. I agree. Yeah, there's I think it's like how to get over fear of disappointing others. Six tips. And I really was like, yep. It's by somebody named Nick Wignall. It's on Mm nickwignall.com slash Mm -hmm. fear of disappointing others with dashes in between. Yeah, and I'll make sure to put it, like, I'll put the link in our show notes, too, so anybody who wants to read the article can have it. I read over a couple of the other articles that he has on his website as well and found them. I really like the writing style. Like, it feels really Mm -hmm. accessible. It doesn't feel judgmental. It feels helpful. And I was just like, I, I needed this. And I really appreciate my therapist so much. I've increased my sessions with her. Like I was at once a month and now I'm, I was like, things are kind of transitional. Can we like every two weeks for yeah. now and just kind of see how things go? And she's like, oh my God, absolutely. So that's wonderful. Really grateful to have found somebody who feels right for me and anybody who like, I know I've struggled with finding a good therapist. So anybody who's also experienced that, like, I guess keep trying if it feels right, when it feels right, like don't give up on it. Like, Maybe your magical. I think you're lucky that she's like able to get you in with that regularity. Like I'm kind of struggling because Mm -hmm. my psychologist is um, in really high demand and also always on vacation. It has to be a human. Yeah, he's he's on some (laughs) vacation. He takes some vacation. So yeah. So I mean, you have to. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know when we were dealing with stuff for Aiden. Like, we weren't able to get him into a psychologist until, like, three months mm-hmm. after the incident yeah. that we really needed him to be seen for, like, right away. Like, trying to get set up for mental health care right now is a legit challenge, it feels like. And yeah. 
it's understandable if we're all starting to come out of 2020 trauma, which has lasted for years at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. we're all, like, a lot of us are coming to that point where we need that mental health assistance and it's it is in high demand right now yeah Yeah. totally and i yes it's in high demand and i think i mean i think we're seeing the ripples throughout society with some of the crime that we're seeing Mm. and uh may and maybe i'm wrong i don't have a whole bunch of statistics up in front of me and maybe my news algorithm is feeding me (laughs) all of the bad things like you know for example i made the mistake of looking at you know something asteroid news and now i get asteroid news in my google news feed every single day and i think it's probably always been there and i just because i clicked on it once now i think the world's ending all the time so yeah uh, yeah that's great thanks thanks algorithms but it does (laughs) i mean the there's no end of shocking and horrifying things and happening in our cities around the country every day yeah and um i think a lot of that is tied to mental health and the disruption you know the disruption that we all collectively went through is still Mm -hmm. playing out absolutely there are a lot of as you said ripples from that and i think we're going to be looking at it for a long time like for a long time and it's scary because you know as we're just saying like uh, the availability of mental health professionals is very it's limited it's in high demand mm-hmm. it's hard to get mm-hmm. in it was even before the pandemic mm-hmm. but i think it's mm-hmm. even more so now and so what i really like about this article is that it makes this topic and the tools mm-hmm. to overcome it accessible to everybody and i think we're seeing more of that too like um i, I follow think so someone- yeah psychologists on Instagram who are just Mm -hmm. out there pushing out really relevant tips and ideas every day that are accessible to anybody who follows them and they're licensed. So it's still, you know, even though it might not be tailored to you individually in a therapy setting, it's still Mm -hmm. good information. Yeah. And I think, I think this is also a really good example of how we also often share the needs that are offered here with with answers like yeah like i am i may feel alone sometimes in this like fear of disappointing other people and i may not feel comfortable admitting that because of like the vulnerability that comes along with it but i'm not alone and i think the more that we can like have things like this we recognize we're not alone like maybe right. Maybe that'll help us increase our increase our compassion levels for each other. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be amazing if we could just all recognize the fact that we've all got our own shit built up inside it really us? Would. And it would just it like, would. like you yes. want to yell at me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Things are so rough for you that you feel like you need to yell at me, a perfect stranger. But go for it. If it makes you feel better, mm-hmm. I'm not going to yell back at you. Like that part yeah. of my life is in so many ways over because I keep recognizing that this is a response to pain, like. Yep. Hurt this people, is not necessary. Exactly. Exactly. Hurt people hurt people. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. Ah, but it's so true. So I'm all about compassion and connecting and like trying not to be a dick because I can be really, I can be an asshole. 
Like everyone always thinks that I'm so nice. I'm like, you guys have no idea how not nice I am capable of being. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I would even say it's thing. not nice. I think you do a lot of um, just truth telling. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I try. Yeah. I try. <laughs> I don't want anybody to like feel shitty afterwards, but I also don't want to be like, that was okay. <laughs> it was totally okay of you to do that when it wasn't. Like, uh. Yeah. Anyway, okay, before we dive into the article, we didn't do music last week, and that's okay, but I don't want to miss it this week because I had a really good song picked out last week. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. It has and I have another one, still. so I have two for this week. Yay. Okay, you, you go first. I want to know which two you have. Okay, so Peace Out by Katrina Ford. Is there before I really liked her mm-hmm. Don't Stop Dreaming song and mm-hmm. then so this one was pushed out in my you know Spotify algorithm and I love it so yeah she's like Katrina <laughs> Ford yeah uh, there's some Alice in Wonderland imagery which is like I'm all Ooh, about that same uh, <laughs> and then the other one is called Congregation dark and inquisition-y and I love it and also Ooh. I think I need to probably start pumping in some um, happy songs into my rotation to get my algorithm right. like a little more like balanced. adjusted back <laughs> yeah. it does sometimes it takes a minute to have to do that where it's like no no wait 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 I don't want to go too far that way like sometimes yeah. they'll bring back like old playlists that are like a little bit peppier or something if like start feeling like a little dark or whatever and be like okay yeah. remember I like this stuff too Spotify I still right. listen to this like right. my bring current, me back that stuff my current playlist that I it's like my 2023 favorite songs playlist or whatever I was listening yeah. to it in the car like when I was on my way to get the kids for an appointment and I thought oh my gosh like really I shouldn't maybe listen to this with them it's so dark it's so dark <laughs> they don't need that they're at a dark age anyway <laughs> right you don't need Ugh. to exacerbate that yeah yeah Whew, um, what are your songs well okay so i am actually gonna do two because i don't know if i've done this one yet i can't remember if i did this one last week so the first one these are actually kind of Okay, whatever. I'm just gonna say it. The first one is oil. I got lost in tangible, but that's the place you reach when you can help yourself anymore. And it's by Gorillas. And it features Stevie Nicks. And yes, it's the song like I go to put music on when I come downstairs and I'm like, this song, this song. Like it's just all and right. I really like the gorillas anyway. Like, there's like a certain level of like nostalgia for mm. a specific time in my life when like I listen to their music far more frequently. And like, on Melancholy Hill has been stuck in my head a lot too. So I've been listening to them more. And then this song got kicked out on one of my playlists. And mm. I was like, that's Stevie Nicks. That's Stevie Nicks with gorillas. 
my life is so good. (laughs) I was just so excited. It was kind of extra fun because of how like we know Tori feels about Stevie Nicks. So I was like, what a fun little combination of like musicians and like time periods of music and whatnot. And like, I love how it still just comes together, like decades of music and it's still like solid. So good. Yes. Really good. Um, and if I've already mentioned this song, I apologize, but I love this song. It's called House with a View by Sin, and this was an artist that Mary had picked out. Like, she did Drinks by Sin, which is also a really good song, but this song kills me. It's a little peppy. It's a little upbeat. It's a little, it's a little tongue-in-cheek, but it's also like, yes, that is what I want. Like... I want to live the good life. Like one of the lines is like, like something about how hard she's been working and she just wants like the reward that comes after working so hard. And I'm like, don't we all, isn't that what we Mm -hmm. all want? And then I do like, I appreciate the view from my house, which is why I think I may have already mentioned this song, but whatever, it's still a really good song. I think the lyrics are really fun. Um, and I really like this artist. She has a she has one other song that's been like playing a lot lately too. Losing sleep. That's the other one that's on my my summer playlist, my summer 2023 playlist. Which I gotta say is pretty good. I think it's pretty good. Eleanor has decided. That. It's a good one. I'll share it with you guys. I don't know if I have yet, but it's like, All right. it's very dancey. Like it, it has that like, roll down the windows, let your hand like go through like the resistance the of the air as yeah. you're like rolling in your car. Like it has that kind of vibe through like the whole playlist. So nice. that's what I was going for. I'm, I'm a fan. I really like making playlists. It's like my favorite thing you're to do. You're good at it. Yeah. Thank you. Music and me have been a thing for a really long time, and it's fun to get to, like, share it this way because, like, there's so much of it. There's so much of it. It's like books. There's so much of it. Yeah. Okay. Fear of disappointing others. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) And you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. How do you feel when you fear disappointing someone else? Oh, God. I have... This has been a real struggle for me mm-hmm. all of my life. And yeah, I'm guessing same. it's a pretty common struggle, especially I think so. for women. Yeah. I think because we're, we have been traditionally expected to fill this like support and nurture role, right? Yes, 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 yes. Um, yes. <laughs> and then, you know, and carry I, it I all. And carry it like, all. Do, all at the same time as you're doing everything right. else. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and when women joined the workforce in growing numbers, that mm-hmm. didn't change. Mm-mm. One example that really crops up for me is like, I have a hard time with criticism. Mm-hmm. And it's not because yes. I don't think I deserve it yes. ever. It's because I feel so badly about having let somebody down or disappointed them or not fulfilled the expectations yes oh my god yes and it Mm -hmm. is 
so, and then I just feel devastated. Mm-hmm. I, yes. you know, and I've gotten, I've gotten much better about this over the mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it was, it's still, I mean, it's a struggle and it's yeah, so same. ingrained. Mm-hmm. This people pleasing, you know, so I've spent the last year like digging deep and like trying to hit upon my core wounds and figure out how those are yeah. showing up and how I react to everything. And I'm sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people struggle with this. Mm-hmm. Anybody who felt like they had to do for others to get the attention that they needed mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. as a younger kid would be struggling with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot. I'm starting to ramble. No, I don't think you are because, like, as you're talking about it, like, I feel as though what you said describes always exactly how I feel when this hits me as well. Mm -hmm. And then, like, pushing back, like, where is the source of this kind of coming from? Like, I definitely think about my mother in particular. Like, I felt like I could never fully please my mom. And so, and, like, she would never, like, flat out say you know, you've disappointed me, but like her behavior, like comments and things like, I feel like, I feel like she felt if she kind of like walked around flatly saying it, it would somehow be better. But it was so often that I just felt like I just couldn't do anything right. And so I feel like that whole, I need to please you to keep you, to keep you loving me. Like Mm -hmm. that is one that I... I go, I go two ways on it. Like one, I want to lean into that because part of who I am and what I do is making sure that people have a pleasant experience when they're around me, you know, I mean, as often Mm. as possible. And so that means like, I want to make sure that, you know, you have enough food, that you're comfortable, that you have something to drink, that like, if you need to get something off your chest, you can totally tell me about it. Like if you need to pull me away from the thing that I'm supposed to be doing right now, that's okay. I want to be there for you. Like, but that can be damaging that like excessive need to please. And I feel like I have spent probably since starting to be with Andrew. So like almost 12 years, like the last 12 years trying to figure out this part and also how it actually makes other people feel. Like, I want to say very early on us dating, Andrew said something about how I didn't need to manage his comfort. And I never thought mm. about how that was what I was trying to do and yeah. how that could make someone actually uncomfortable. And I was mm-hmm. like, what is this? What am I doing? Is this actually good for me? And it's not always good for me. And I feel like I shut down. Like, if I feel like I've disappointed somebody and that critique has come, a lot of times, depending on who it's from and what it is, it can shut me down. And I feel kind of paralyzed. And I have to, like, pull myself up with things like these tips that are in this article. Like, I feel like I Mm -hmm. have to, like, mentally exercise how, how does this actually impact me? What is the intention of the person who's saying it because I don't think anyone I love who loves me actually intends to hurt me. So where is this hurt coming from? And Mm -hmm. I just was like, this whole article was just like, I needed 
like the I think the first thing that I underlined was often chronic stress, anxiety, overwhelm, and even burnout are driven primarily by FODO, F-O-D-O, fear of disappointing others, not FOMO, fear of missing out. It's an it's an apt acronym. It's kind of fun. Yeah, know. yeah. And like one of the things that really hit me on this one because it's one that I I don't know. Did anyone ever talk about boundaries when you were younger? I don't like not was, that I remember. Was that a word no. that like you ever really felt like you heard until like much more recently much in a later. broader conversation? Yeah, yeah totally. same. And I'm like, how how do we do that? Especially like in a society that like the woman we're supposed to be so often is the woman who can do everything. Mm-hmm. Smiling, barely stressed, you know, like takes care of the kids, does all the meal planning, keeps the house clean, does the laundry, works a full-time job, maybe a little bit of overtime and like is still there for yeah. her husband in the bedroom too. Like that is a lot of weight to put onto just one person. And I'm not saying that men do not have their struggles because they absolutely do in the system that we have built for all of us to live inside. Mm-hmm. It is damaging to everyone. I just happen to be a female and I feel those things very strongly and how they were placed like through my mom to me and how I don't want my children to feel that way, how I don't want my right. husband to feel that way, how I want to figure out those boundaries for myself so that I can have healthy relationships and I can accept criticism without having a complete meltdown, which my university degree really helped with that a lot. Like that helped a lot. And also like listening to my husband, oddly enough, like I think there was a piece of advice that we got like a long time ago that I really took to heart, which was to think about the intention of the person saying it. Like Mm -hmm. my husband loves me. I know that. If he tells me something that is upsetting to him about something that I'm doing, it's not because he wants to cut me or hurt me. He wants us to have a solid relationship. And we can't do that if I'm doing something that I'm not aware of and I'm damaging our relationship. And so it's one of those things where it's like I'm constantly trying to be better. And it's hard. It's so Mm -hmm. hard. Why is it so hard, Lisa? I don't know, but like the uh, whole the you mentioned managing other comfort, people's comfort. Mm-hmm. Other people's comfort. That's really a gift that Andrew said that. It totally was. But I know what you mean. And I think part of, so for people with OCD, which I have, um mm-hmm. there is a tendency, a habit of reassurance seeking. Mm. Um Ooh. Within many within many different manifestations, right? Mm-hmm. In many different ways that OCD crops up, reassurance seeking is, I think, probably common. And I think I do that with Mike quite a bit. Like, are you okay? Are you? Because I need reassured that whatever is going on with you isn't my fault. Or that yes. it's, I'm not the cause. Or that there's not something I could be do. Like, before I can sit down and relax and get back to whatever it is I'm doing... I need reassurance that you're okay, that we're okay. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely mm-hmm. stemming in a, a f- like from a photo place. 
photo. Not photo. 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 Fear disappointing <laughs> others. I don't know. It became so habitual. Like, yeah. you know, checking in and the, and it, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you do it to an excessive degree? Or do you feel like you do it at a yes. rate to like, yes, okay. Because I know that that's something that I, I do, do everything Andrew. to an excessive degree. <laughs> I am a girl of excessive degrees, unfortunately. Yes. Oh, no, please don't say unfortunately. Uh, I love that. I'm very I much mean, the same way. Lisa, I planted like 13 rose bushes this summer. Yeah. That's excessive. <laughs> Already. I get it. Already. Already. It's not even summer. I have to stop. I have to stop. I have to stop. Oh, also, just to like throw this in there, we found out that we weren't charged for our mock orange tree. So I know. <laughs> I think I think the guy was flirting with Aiden and got distracted. I think that's oh what happened. <laughs> so when we go back next time, I'm gonna be like, um, don't normally look at my receipts, but I happen to look Was at this it one and buy be like, oh. five rose bushes, get a mock orange fruit. <laughs> you just ask yeah. Did you did you decide that because I sat in here and just kept like showering you guys with money that you were like, <laughs> sure, take it. You're coming back. We already know. Why not? Uh um, I am I am having far too much fun in our yard. It feels but, so good to be outside. Yes. Anyway. No, I mean, maybe that even kind of ties into this is like, this has been therapeutic, like working out in my yard, working through Mm -hmm. my emotions while I'm out there, like I'm listening to music and I'm thinking and it's It's been really good for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I really want to take advantage of the break that I have right now. And I want to use some of these things to, like, help set up the future that I see for myself. And, I mean, there's definitely, there's, let's see here. There was something, maybe it's in one of the, yeah, okay, actually, if we want, we can jump into, like, the tips on how to deal with this fear of disappointing others, because I think that's really helpful And it's actually, the first one is considering the costs of this photo experience that you're having. And this Mm -hmm. was the one that my therapist, like, said to me right away in our session together. So often when this happens, when I'm afraid of disappointing someone else, I think more about their needs than my own. And in the moment because I want to avoid hurt feelings because I want to avoid negative forms of conflict. Like I want to jump in and be like, I will do this. I will step up, blah, blah, blah. I'll do all the things like, Mm. and then it becomes a situation of over promising and under delivering And that is just not good for anyone because... No, yeah. And I I have... this. It's a loop. It's a loop. And if you're doing it in one section of your life, you're doing it in multiple sections of your life. So then you're over-promising, under-delivering in how many places? Like, And let me tell you, that feels horrible. Awful. 
Just terrible. Horrible. Like anytime I don't like come through on something that I've wanted to do for someone else where I'm like, I'm going to do this thing for you and it doesn't happen. I'm like, I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah. And, Am and I the actually thing the worst? Is, no. Do I feel like it? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Awful. Just the worst. And it, I think it is because like we have the best of intentions and we really mm-hmm. do want to do really all these do. things. All of But them. there's some sort of disconnect between the things like all the things we want to do and all the ways we want to expend our energy and the actual amount yeah. of energy that we have. Yeah. And the places where it gets pulled. Like, yes, I know on Friday there was something that I wanted to work on and like I got pulled in a couple different directions so that by the time I actually got to work on it, it was just before Deborah was coming over to visit. So I was like trying to like race my way through it. So I still got it done. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really easy. And then it wasn't really easy because it never actually is like, yeah. In some ways, it's about, like, time management, too. And that's another area that I, like, struggle with. Because when I look at, like, that time window, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have eight hours to do this thing. And that's so much time. But then it's like, I also have to do the laundry. And I have to calm down Mm -hmm. my crazy dogs. And I'm maybe going to get a phone call to the school because Arthur's sick, which happened last week. Like... And maybe two yeah. weeks before that, too. Like, there's always there's always going to be that something that, like, my idealistic brain is just, like, totally glosses Not, over yes. when I make plans. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Why I'm do I do way. that? Why do I do that? And you know what? It took me a long time. <laughs> years. I mean, I worked for years. Somebody had to actually say it was okay to like schedule in some decompression. Oh, time. yes. Like I you know back to back meetings or like zooming from here yes. to there or leaving from my branch at the very last minute for a meeting that was downtown mm-hmm. because I was so caught up in doing whatever and yeah. like starting to actually schedule intentional buffer time made yes. A huge difference. I mean, now I just don't schedule yeah. my time hardly at all, which is right. <laughs> kind of a problem. Same. <laughs> it's like, oh I my gosh, really I have floaty three... sometimes. Yeah, it's. I love it. Oh. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, yeah. you know, if I have if I have two things on the calendar outside of the house in a day, I'm like done. It's like that's yep. all the. That's all I've got. I yeah. I mean, this is this is. One of the reasons this is a great article is because you should all read it and put these principles into practice now so you don't wind up where I did, which is just totally fried. Yeah. Totally fried. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you had thought about the costs of like to yourself, and this is also for me, like I'm not just like directing this at you. This is on me. Like one of the things that I'm working on right now is getting my application prepared so I can go back to school. and. This is my second time working on this application for the same program that I kind of like stepped away from before. And I I shouldn't say kind of, I totally stepped away from it. I was like, not now. And part of it came from, part of it came from my family. Aiden said something about how they'd just gotten me back as, I guess, mom, whatever it is that I do around the house after being in school the way that I was before. And I get it, and I want to be here for them, for sure. But 
I am a happier, healthier, tighter human being when I have a structure to be around. But it can't yeah. be like right, right. It can't be the eight to five job thing. It can't be the the grind of traditional work. I really I don't like to be supervised. I don't like to be micromanaged. I like to be given a lot of freedom. That said, I like feedback. I like structure. I like things that keep me building my stuff around it because I actually mm-hmm. do very well with that. And yeah. I have found since 2020, like shut everything down, that I am at a point right now where I have to do something. I have to. Like, I can't keep doing this the way that I'm doing this. Like, there's only so much that I can do Mm -hmm. on my own with the education that I have right now and with the break that has happened since 2020. Like, if I was hitting all these projects fresh out of school, this would be a different ballgame entirely. Like, I would still have all of my connections. I would still be, like, right in the face of everybody that I had worked with. Like, this would be very different. But that's not the case. I have to think about, am I going to disappoint someone else more than I'll disappoint myself by not actually moving forward with something that I know isn't just beneficial for me? I don't even just think about like what my education does for me. I think about what it does for the people around me, what I've seen my education do for people around me. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I think you just said something Mm -hmm. a few seconds ago that really like maybe the key is we need to be asking ourselves, am I going to be disappointed in myself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe if we flip it to fear of disappointing ourselves instead of fear of disappointing others, it would really Mm -hmm. change how we interact with that whole question a lot differently. Yeah. Because like I think. We spend a lot of time trying to make sure we're not disappointing others, but then it yeah. all adds up to like a betrayal of self. It really does. Yeah. And I think that's a huge cost. I know what I want for myself. And a lot of times I have like this, and this isn't exactly healthy either. I have this fuck anybody who tries to get in my way kind of mentality because oh, I have found that I sometimes. Love about you. <laughs> I really do. I was going to say, it's working very Tracy well for me sometimes. Ha- if Tracy has a thing, <laughs> if Tracy has a goal, mm-hmm. if she has a goal and she's decided she's doing it, she'll do it. And that's what Thank I love you. about you. Yeah. Thanks. I really appreciate but that. I, I, get, I, mean, and I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, because like sometimes it's like, sometimes the people that fall underneath that are the people that I love the most. Because I have to like be like, I have this thing it has to be done this is the time frame that's in it let's find another time to spend time together and that Mm. and I mean at the same time with like everything that's going on I don't want to get all caught up in school stuff but yes the the considerations of like the cost to yourself and I think that's a really good point is like will will future me be disappointed like that I didn't do this that I didn't push for this when I knew that I could And I like right now for like the school thing for pushing for a media company, like I feel like this is the right time to do it. I feel like I'm at a good age for it. I feel like Mm -hmm. my medication's working really well right now. Like I have energy that I haven't had in it feels like a really long time. Clarity that I haven't had in a really long time. Like I feel like I'm slowly starting to like pull 
my life back together to where I feel like myself again. And that feels wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. It's hard. It's hard. But like sometimes, sometimes I'm like, I am a badass human being. Get your shit together. You are are a badass human being. You can do this. Get with it. So then after the fear of like, what are the costs? The second one, if you're okay with it, uh, is remember that you are not responsible for other people's emotions. And that also like touches on that whole, I don't have to manage someone else's comfort. Yeah. 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 You can't be held responsible for things that you can't control. You wouldn't blame someone for being short or having brown eyes, right? Of course not. And that's because A, there's nothing morally wrong with having brown eyes, and B, they have no control over it. Similarly, whether someone else feels disappointed in you may be unfortunate, but it's neither morally wrong nor something you have direct control over. How we feel is the result of how we think, which means other people's emotions are their, are their responsibility, not yours. And I mean, we should let our friends feel the emotions that they feel, even if it hurts in the moment. How much would I care about you if I didn't care about your opinion? You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, if your opinion of me means so much to me that I like almost become comatose at the idea of disappointing you, then I think that maybe says a little bit about how I feel about your opinion of me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm not responsible. Like, I have to remember that. Like, I'm not responsible for how you feel. Like, I can be responsible for how I, I feel. And I can try to control it in a way that doesn't stress me out to the point where I, like, feel like I'm going to vomit. So this one happens. really made me think of one of my one of my children struggles with this a bit. You mm-hmm. know, very... even Even when it comes to agreeing to do something or expressing that they don't want to with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, just this f- fear of disappointing somebody mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And instead kind of play small with or can play small with how they really feel about it. Yeah. And the thing I wanted, I really like about this point is because this gave me like a tool, like a talking point to have with my child, which is... Oh, I love that. You do have a responsibility to behave well, right? Mm-hmm. You're not mm-hmm. responsible for other people's feelings, but you can control your own behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as long as you feel good about that, then you got to let go of what the other people think about you. Now, and if yeah. you are worried about how another person interprets and feels about your behavior is that because you feel like there's something that needs to change in that behavior yeah yeah i don't know yeah because and if I that's do the case that that's there's... a different conversation that's a different yes, conversation it really is because behavior changing can be difficult like oh yeah <laughs> and i mean best of intentions can frequently get disrupted by life. Like, mm-hmm. I can have the best of intentions to, I don't know, remember to water my garden every day. Is that going to happen all summer? I don't know. Wish me luck, everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, and that that's my garden. That's so you funny. Know? Oma, so my mother-in-law is um, 
that is going to be gone for several weeks this summer. And she's out there planting all this stuff. And I planted a bunch of stuff too this week. Yeah. And every day she's like, you know, that's going to need to be watered. You know, that's going to need to be watered. You know, that's going to be, I maybe don't have the best track record, but everything mostly survives. Right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. So yeah. we need to make like, maybe we need to motivate each other. Accountability. Yeah. Did you water your roses today? <laughs> I haven't actually. <laughs> I need to get out there and do that. There's, I mean, seriously, we did so much yard work yesterday, and our yard is looking so much better. I am, I'm really happy. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. It me. is. It's a lot of work. Yes. Life. Yes. Oh my god. I can't even. Nope. I can't even think about it. Can't even think about it. Just glad we had a budget for it. That my husband is responsible for that stuff. That's where I fall into that totally 1950s housewife thing. What's your budget like? I don't know. Ask my husband. He does that shit, Mm -hmm. not me. Nope. So I felt like that second one was important. I love that you found a way to be able to use that for talking with your children as well. Because I think that's the point of things like this. Is like it's not just for you. It's for the people that you interact with. And like I have frequently found that in moments of conflict and discomfort, when I have practiced facing it and trying to remember that there is a mutual level of respect and desire for betterment, I can face these things much more calmly. And I actually feel like this comes in really well with this third point where it is reframe your fear as uncomfortable, not dangerous. God, this and is I really was like, hard for me. Yes. Yes. So hard. I'm like, I hand mean, me my, my value. OCD is all, ra- <laughs> is all rooted in fear. It's all, it's yeah. totally. Yeah. But I don't, yeah. but those fears feel very real and dangerous. Real. Yeah. And I mean, my therapist was like, what, it, what is it you fear most about like your moments where you fear disappointing another person? What do you think is going to happen? When it comes down to it, like the thing that I fear most is losing the relationship. That has happened to me several times. And each time it's been really, really painful. I mean, yeah. whether it's a significant other, my parents, and not that like my relationship with them ended, but there was always like this fracturing and refracturing of like me disappointing them just because I didn't understand. They didn't understand me and I refused to be what they wanted me to be. So that was also like constantly... A bit of a uh, struggle for us. But now I have people that I have those conversations with, those hard conversations with, who go out of their way to say, I'm with you. Whatever happens, this isn't the end of us being friends, of knowing each other, of being in each other's lives. This is just something for us to figure out how to work through together. And in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways, Stephanie... My beloved Stephanie, she's the one who really, really helped me kind of unlock that part that I was missing when it came to conversations like this. Like, yeah, I'm sure at some point in my life I would have like found the piece that just like clicked that open for me. But it was working with her and I was like, I want to behave like you. I want to have hard conversations the way that you have hard conversations because we are actually closer, stronger, better now because of the way 
Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I try so hard to remember that, that like, this is not necessarily a dangerous situation. It is uncomfortable and that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. Sometimes discomfort can lead to like really beautiful moments together. Sometimes not. But in a lot of the situations, especially when it's like people who really care about each other, who know how to communicate with each other, there is that possibility of like there being something better on the other side of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And one of the lines under this point, this point we're talking about reframing is Mm -hmm. um, comfortable and so dangerous says, if you're going to get over your fear of disappointing others, you're going to have to face that fear head on, which means you're mm-hmm. going to have to willingly feel afraid and t- tolerate that feeling for a while. And tolerate. this is what, so that, this is what so hard for someone with OCD is tolerating uncertainty. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is like an extra difficult, this is an extra difficult point for me, but also that's what the exposure is. Like the Mm -hmm. key, did I already say this? Like the key treatment Mm. for OCD is exposure response prevention. So you're like preventing Mm -hmm. yourself from doing whatever the rituals are that you've built up to like make the thing feel safe or tolerable. Wow. Wow. It's really hard. Can you say that again? I want to make sure that I'm understanding what you said. So you're purposely exposing yourself to things that make you feel anxious. Make you uncomfortable. Okay. 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 You have to, the only way to get over it is to get through it. My heart just like (laughs) squeezed, like stress squeezed on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, It's good once you do, though. So, like, here's just a really low-level, easy example. Mm -hmm. I had really gotten into... Everything had to be odd numbers for me. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know what I thought would happen if they weren't on odd numbers. But, like, my alarm was was 531 or 533 or 537. It could not be 530. Wow. Okay. The volume in my car had to be and the heat setting all had to be odd numbers and so wow so the so the therapy for that is to intentionally expose yourself to even numbers and realizing that the intense discomfort I would feel about like it was so it was such a thing that my husband was setting his alarm for like odd numbers too Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I know, I know this sounds like totally weird or whatever, but no, no. So, so the way to therapy yourself and get through that is to intentionally put everything on even numbers and deal with it and show yourself that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I did. And it was like, and I, w- and it was like, I felt like I was crawling out of my skin at first Oof. to not yeah. change it. Yeah. But then once you, so now it's not a problem for me. Now, in fact, it's almost like gone the other way. Like I intentionally have to put it on even numbers to prove to myself that that's a thing that yeah. I can do. That you and can do it. So it's probably, I need to start going back to doing honor. It's just so stupid. It's so, this is just one example know. of. I don't know. That's like a positive <sighs> reinforcement though. 
Like, hey, I did this. It's just, it's a real it's just a really good example of how, you mm-hmm. know, facing your fear and exposing yourself to the thing to kind of prove to yourself that it's baseless and or that you are going to be able to survive yeah. the discomfort that comes. Yeah. 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 Totally. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> I, I thank you. Yeah. Seriously, thank you for sharing that because that that's a really good example of, of what you're going through and like a thing that like you can build yeah. up on. Or like the checking, like so checking doors and stove buttons and locks. Mm-hmm. And like I, I have like all the OCD, basically all it like me, it has manifested in multiple yeah. different ways. But this is one, like I am obsessive about checking the locks. Mm-hmm. I am not physically comfortable with just going up the stairs, assuming or trusting that somebody else made sure the door was locked. <laughs> so you have to be the one that makes sure that like everything is. Yes. And I, yeah. and I'm still, there have been a few occasions where I've been able to just go upstairs mm-hmm. and do it. And then I get over it as soon as I'm like on to the next thing. But it's yeah hard. But like, mm-hmm. you know, one one step would be like, I'm not going and actually physically touching the lock and making sure it's locked. I'm standing at the foot of the stairs and shining my flashlight on that lock and I can see that it's locked. <laughs> nice. I don't know. It's little steps. <laughs> little steps. Little steps. Yeah. 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 Good for you. Good for you. Because that's a lot. That's a lot. It is. And a I mean, lo- that's not is- even... That's not your choice. That's what your brain has done to you. Well, you and know? those aren't even my biggest struggles with OCD. Yeah. I mean, those, those are, are those like are really easy, clear-cut examples. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, like, you know, my life had kind of just become, like, a whole series of those things. Yeah. And it was all just ritualistic in, yeah. a, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know what? I really applaud you for the amount of like determination you approached figuring things out for yourself. Well, I mean, I had known I had known something was wrong for years. And I Yeah, just... but you you fought to find it. Like through all the yeah. things. And you still like managed to like build a really beautiful life for yourself too. That's admirable. Yeah. Really? It's something I love well, about you? Well, you know, I had more capacity when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And as oh my I God, got right? older, as I got older, I think that capacity, you know, older with children and a house full mm-hmm. of people and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, managerial responsibilities and all that stuff. And then, then you throw in a global pandemic and suddenly it's right? just manageable. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of us went through that whole, like, this is not sustainable. The lives we live yeah. right now are not sustainable. I think that's a good thing. I really do. Like at some point we need to talk about how stupid the 40 hour work week is and what bullshit it is that Mm -hmm. we're still using that as our standard as like everybody works us. We don't need to work that. No one needs to work that. Totally with automation happening and like AI. Oh my gosh. I totally want Stephanie to come on because she and I were having this chat about AI and whatnot the other day when she was here and the things that she was saying, like, have me both excited and terrified because she's been like looking into this a lot. Okay, yeah, like, we should definitely do that like, because I, it's a thing. It's like a thing I can't. I'm too. It's it's up there with nuclear war. I just yeah. I haven't I haven't dug into it hard enough. 
And I'm like, I just keep yeah. seeing like articles and I'm like, do but I we should, really? we should dig into we it should. because we're probably being very irresponsible by putting our heads well, in the scene. And I mean, if we're going to build a media company, we should absolutely know what the fuck is going yeah. on with AI <laughs> and or use it to our advantage. Cause I mean, why not? Uh, yeah, learn how yeah. to use it responsibly. Harness so that it we have, good. but yeah, yeah, we should definitely like talk about AI. Where are we on our things? Okay. So we did reframe your fear is uncomfortable, not dangerous. This one I liked a lot. So number four is use reverse empathy to build some initial confidence. And I loved this whole like, think back on a time when a good friend had the courage to be honest with you. And I was thinking, how how do I react when my friends are like, oh my gosh, this thing happened and I need this thing or I can't do this thing. And I'm always like, that's fine. That's fine. Do you need my help? Is there anything I can do to support you? Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, it's taken years of developing empathy that hasn't been societally dampened and told how I was supposed to behave when people disappointed me. But having a chronic illness where I feel like I'm always like unexpectedly potentially going to let somebody down we could make plans to go and have coffee and i could be super stoked about it but my body might make the decision right. that i can't really move and i need to just yeah. sit on my couch and i mean sure i could be like you want to come over and we'll hang out we'll just sit on my couch together and that would be totally fine but sometimes that isn't always an option or the plan that's been made is one that's like really exciting and i hate that i hate mm -hmm. the feeling of doing that to somebody and because I know how I feel when I have to go through that moment of either asking for help or potentially disappointing someone, and I don't want anybody to feel that way, I am yep. always like, it's cool. Yes. It's fine. Yeah. And I mean it. Mm -hmm. I mean it. You take care of totally. you. That is yeah. my most important thing. Our lives are better together when you are taking care of yourself. That's what I want. We need to extend the same amount of grace to ourselves that we do other people indeed but also yes I mean I want to extend the grace to other people that I really enjoy getting from friends like you yeah when I'm like uh no I just need to go back to bed I'm sorry <laughs> I know I woke up two hours oh ago gosh. but it's nap time I get yes. it yes yeah I like, get I, it five o'clock comes really early and then it really I'm does to go back to sleep I mean, seriously, the thing that I want the most for my friends is for them to be able to do what feels good, what feels healing, what feels nurturing. And sometimes that means that we don't get to spend time together. And that's OK, because I'm I, I love you. It's fine. Like and that's the thing is I have to remember that, that it's fine. This is I, this is perhaps a little extra personal, but one area where I have like this big fear of disappointing another person is with my husband and sex. And because of my illness, sometimes him just being like within an inch of my body is so uncomfortable, like can't even handle it. And I have to push him away. And I hate that. We have, we have had a lot of conversations about this where we are at a really good place where I now know 
like telling him no when I don't feel well is good for both of us. It's okay Mm -hmm. for me to be honest and for him to be disappointed. And I don't mind that he's disappointed anymore because it means he wants me and that's fine. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But we can go through it together now instead of Mm -hmm. me like holding it to myself and feeling this guilt over disappointing him of depriving him of something that I know he wants that is valuable to our relationship that I enjoy as well. Like it's not just that it's something for him. Like it's a struggle for me mentally because it is a disappointment in so many places. Like I am disappointing myself for not being able to be there, but I also have that fear of disappointing him. And yeah, Andrew does not ever coerce. He doesn't push. He's very understanding and loving through all of it. And I am very, very fortunate to have that because I am, unfortunately aware that a lot of women do not have that kind of sympathy from their partners but it took being uncomfortable and also Andrew like I wrote down this reassurance seeking thing that you wrote down like I think that I do that with Andrew because it took him telling me a lot that this was okay that this was something that we could talk about that this was something we could come back to that like Mm -hmm that he loved me for me, that we were going to be together forever. All of those things like clicked in and now like we talk about it. It doesn't hurt anymore. It's more like a, but hey, I'll get you next time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I feel shitty right now. This is just how our lives go. Like, yeah. And we yeah. roll with it so much more easily. It's so, it's so much nicer than it used to be. Even if I'm miserable, It's nice to know that I'm not, like, disappointing him, that I can talk about it, that he holds me in a way that I need to be held when I feel, like, total shit. Mm Mm-hmm. So lucky. So lucky. Yeah. He's been a great person to learn to communicate in a really loving way. Like, I sometimes... This is so fucking cheesy. I feel like... The way that Andrew loves me so fully allows me to love the other people around me more deeply. And I love that experience. It's kind of magical. In some ways, like this fear of disappointment haunts me in the place I live in. Yeah. And I think when you've lived in a place for a long time and you've had a lot of relationships and life is just weird, it's easy to think that like you've caused irreparable damage to relationships that Mm -hmm. other people won't understand and you won't ever be able to get them back. And (laughs) I had a really, really, really good example of this when we first moved back to Fort Wayne after living out on the West Coast for a while, and I ran into my friend Mandy, and we had had a falling out, and we hadn't seen each other in a really long time. And I mean, we almost literally ran into each other at Target. She came around an end cap, I came around an end cap. We both mm-hmm. like stepped back and like looked at each other, and it was just like, "How are you? It's good to see you." And then hugging, and let's hang out, and. I I couldn't have pictured that that was going to go as well as it did. 
And I am so glad because I always just thought she was so cool. Like she was my best roommate. We went on vacations together. Like she's just cool. She's a cool girl. Mm -hmm. Like, and to be able to like, I don't know, get like thrown into that fear. Like, here you go. Like it could have gone in so many different directions. Like, and instead, like, I get to still have her as a friend, and I'm really grateful for it. But it was it was hard coming back because I knew we were going to have, like, encounters like that. Like, right, we were going right. to encounter people that, well, me, that I had history with. And, I mean, I still feel that way about certain places and people in Fort Wayne that I just kind of, like, stay away from for, like, memory's sake and heartache mm-hmm. prevention, which is such a weird thing, but... No, I, I feel think like I can't possibly I think I've done be alone that. on that. No, I don't think you are. I mean, yeah. my sister doesn't want to come back here to Fort Wayne because I think she would have to face a lot of things that are painful to her. And yeah. I think I've done the same thing, like avoiding places, even if it wasn't consciously. Yeah. And also, you know, I just didn't have the bandwidth to do or be right. in those places or whatever. Yeah. But now that I do have more bandwidth and I am getting out more and I am like doing some of those fun life things that I just didn't have the bandwidth to do when I was working yeah, uh, and suffering from a mental illness. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it, it, it's really wild. The memories it does throw up or pull up or like old stuff that I've, in probably intentionally not thought about for decades, but I yeah. am in a place where I'm able to engage with it uh, from a curiosity mindset instead of mm. a protecting myself mindset. And it's just I like everything. that. And it's, yeah, like just that. like, you know, I mean, I, I think we all would do well to even just question the narratives we've grown up accepting oh my as truth gosh, or telling ourselves. Yeah. Um, yes. Like that's a really great place to start because yeah. those narratives and whatever, they were put there by other flawed human beings. And so like just. Yeah. 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 It, oh, I like that a lot. Good advice. So being able to just come at things with, you know, from that place of curiosity. And also I don't think mm-hmm. most people like hanging on to those grudges or hard feelings or whatever I mean I had a similar no and I had a you know there I really want everyone to be my friend like that's like I love people and I love talking to people and interacting with people and whatever you're so Um, gifted with that I love that about you well so when I have like kind of outstanding trauma or drama with somebody it's I don't like it. There were just a couple of people in my life who I always felt like, wow, I really, you know, if I were to make amends with somebody, like this is a person that I would want to do that with before I died Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I had a similar experience where um, I ran into one of these people at the grocery store and I had seen them at the grocery store before and just was like, nope, other direction. (laughs) But, you know, at one one point I was like, I'm going to, you know, what is this bad feeling that I'm sitting on anytime this person comes to mind and this guilt and whatever. And so I just 
decided to try it Face differently it. and it went wonderfully wonderfully yeah yes that's so awesome yeah and then it's not a thing you're always thinking about when you go to the grocery store am I gonna <laughs> run into this person and feel horrible and then you know feel bad about myself the whole weekend or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's really valuable because I feel like I kind of like hold myself up and ask myself if I run into somebody that I have a history with when I'm out and about today, how do I feel about myself? Does that make sense? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I am confident in me. Like if someone oh, comes like, up to you me, know, I wouldn't want to do that right now when I have eyeliner on one eye, but not the other. <laughs> right. Of course. But I mean, like, I feel like if someone were to come up to me, like who I had a past with, like just on a random thing and they were like, this, this and this happened between us. I think that I'm in a place in my life where I'd be like, you know what? I'm really sorry. It sucks. That, there are like, a couple that people interaction I still don't want to interact with. Oh, for sure. But Oh, for sure. Like there are people that I am specifically blocking out of my life for reasons and that is another thing that I talk to my therapist about because it is hard um yeah but I feel like it is necessary like those like again boundaries finding your boundaries Mm -hmm. what do you say Mm -hmm. no to that keeps you healthy and the fact that it's like this I feel like this whole fear of disappointing others sits so often at like failure to establish boundaries that are healthy at least for me I feel that I think so often Again, like the cost to myself, I don't take that into consideration often enough. And I really need to start thinking about that more often because whenever I remember my gains versus cost, if I focus on the gain almost ruthlessly, I win, (laughs) which sounds like a really weird way of phrasing it. But like, It means that I get the thing that I was going for that I felt was like right for me, for my family, for my community. And that is a huge accomplishment. And so remembering not to disappoint myself because it really is that whole like when I'm at my best, so is everyone around me. And that is so important to remember even if that means that like me at my best is me curled up in bed like hoping I feel better tomorrow we have to have like space for that and not allow like other people's expectations to keep us from taking care of the magical human beings we are and that goes for fucking everybody take care Mm -hmm. of yourself yeah. Like I think that's so hard, but I think that that's so important. Like treat yourself like you would treat your best friend. Do it. Yes. We should try that yes. for like a week. I'm going to start talking to myself like I'm Lisa every day. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? Idea. You may only have eyeliner on one eye, but it looks amazingly well <laughs> smudged and slightly smoky. So you're rocking it. It's fine. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I'm just going to start yes. doing that every day. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean. I talk to myself like I'm Tracy. That would yeah. really definitely. Let's see. Let's try it this change. week. Let's All right. try it this week and see what happens. We'll talk about it next <laughs> week. Lisa. <laughs> Lisa comes in next week like busting down doors. <laughs> I know. You'll be like, I'm Lisa and I'm going to take a nap now. <laughs> 
I love a good nap <sighs> when it feels oh, right. I'm a very you. anxious nap taker. That comes from. Oh uh, yeah, mom. me too. Like this ideal nap is thirty minutes. That's great, but if you put a timer on it, I can't take a nap. I need at least oh, no. over an I need, hour. Like, two hours, easy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, I'm like, I can't fall asleep. I have to be up. No. No. Yeah. I wanted to ask you. Okay, so number five on this list is start mm. with the thirty percent version and work your way up. Totally. I'm, I are you okay? Because I'm totally okay. This, like, I go dive back and into forth it. on this. Usually, I'm a dive in everything or nothing. Yeah. Go big, but the problem Excessive. is it's not sustainable <laughs> because the day that I miss the new go big routine, I'm like mm-hmm. I'm such a failure, and then like yes. psychologically, I have a really hard time getting back on. Yes, this is a hard one, and it's probably yeah. unique to each person, mm-hmm. um, and would probably also be dependent on where I am psychologically. Like mm-hmm. right now, I just need some wins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean my win is only if I'm walking twenty miles a week. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, like that win is that I'm. You know, maybe I walked a mile three times this week. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and then that's a like a better way for me to gain confidence than Yeah. my version of what should be to mm-hmm. be perfect because mm-hmm. that's a problem mm-hmm. that keeps mm-hmm. me from doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Constant so mantra I su- is perfection is the death of good. I say it to myself yeah. all the time. Have to. Have to. Yeah. Mhm. So this is why we're such good friends. So this, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> mm. So this one, and also like with the with my OCD examples of exposure exposure response prevention, like mm-hmm. tackling odd versus even numbers, mm-hmm. still uncomfortable for me. Still mm-hmm. felt like I was crawling out of my skin, but way easier to tackle than just not checking to see if I lock the door because. No. Yeah. 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 Little bits at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But I'm I'm totally the kind of person where I'm like Or maybe it's just maybe everything feels kind of big. Like Yes. Maybe that's Oh my gosh, especially part of the problem. If you are like where I was before I left work, do you feel like everything's in overdrive? Yeah. Everything is, I mean, yeah, everything just, it just felt, everything felt too big. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, could I just do 30% or does everything already feel like it's at a hundred percent? Yeah. Is a need. Like, I like this. I love the idea of like slowly wading into things, but I, I don't really know if I'm that person. Yeah, this this point wasn't my necessarily my favorite one of the article. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'd like to just swap it out with a new one, which would be. Ooh. Yeah, here's my new one is I um, hear it. just I watch what you're signing up for and saying yes to, because it's mm-hmm. way better to disappoint somebody now mm-hmm. at the ask than it is. Mm-hmm. When the time is due to deliver on that ask and you okay. just haven't been able to. We need to rewrite the article because I like that much better. <laughs> that's a really yeah, well, that's a really good that's a really good Yeah, point. I mean I wanna say yes to 
you know, 500 service projects and doing all these things, but Mm -hmm. I can't. And Mm -hmm. then I will resent Mm -hmm. all the things I've committed to doing because it's left Mm -hmm. me zero time for breathing. Yeah. Yeah. So I also, so there was, I can't remember if this was in Gretchen Rubin's. I feel like this was a Gretchen Rubin thing. And she wrote several books on like, they're all escaping the titles are escaping my brain, but like the happiness mm-hmm. project, I think maybe that was one. Oh, I know about that. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it was Gretchen Rubin who said like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Mm. Ooh, I love There that. are a million opportunities out there to be doing things and giving yes. up ourselves and engaging and interacting. But when somebody asks you to do that, are you like, oh man, I really like to help because I would like, I feel like I should, and I feel like uh-huh. I should be helping with this thing. And that's what's going to yeah. make me f- feel like I'm contributing. That's not a hell yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And so try to give your yes to the things that you're really excited about because there will be no end of things that you're less excited about that you that is so good. feel like you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you even want to. The thing is, like, for me, I have to get realistic with, I mean, this has been a big problem my whole life. I want to do all the things. I want to learn all the things. I want to know all the things. I want to go to all the places. There is not enough time. There is not enough resources. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to actually, like, narrow in my focus Mm -hmm. and decide what it is I really like. And it doesn't even have to be for the next 50 years. What is my focus for the next year or five years? Yeah. What is yeah. the thing I really want to accomplish most? What do I want to be to my family in that time? And then those things have to be the priority. If yeah. I'm helping out with certain volunteer things or networking groups or whatever, like I have mm-hmm. my things and I'm full up now. I can't say mm-hmm. yes to anything else. Yeah. Done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As much as I would love to, like, I think mm-hmm. this is because, you know, as much as I would love to, as much as I think this is like a great cause or whatever, well, I've already mm-hmm. dedicated my resources for that elsewhere. Mhm. Yeah. I think so that's, that's my... so smart. It is exactly that. Like you get asked to do something you're like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." But then like what happens when like the project comes along that like makes your heart race and you can't yeah. say yes to it cuz you're already committed to other things that you're less excited about. Like Yeah. That would suck. Yeah. That would suck. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last the last thing on here is watch out for fake guilt. And I don't really know if this I was, was like interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me. Because I feel like, man, I you would think I was Catholic. I mean, I'm Lutheran. It's like just a step <laughs> different. But same, same. yeah. <laughs> Guilt is like a predominant feeling for me. Mm-hmm. I think. But then when I yeah. read this, I was like, oh, if I frame it this way, no, it's not necessarily, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of hard. Like there is, where's this line about the moral? Okay. To feel guilty, you have to knowingly, have knowingly done something immoral. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which for most of us doesn't happen that often. So mm-hmm. when I thought about it this way, yeah, the things I feel guilty about aren't necessarily immoral. They're more mm-hmm. like reactions to the society that the United States has set up for me and not being able to do things the way I would yeah. like to given yeah. resource and time constraints, right? Yeah. Guilt might not really be a very, it's not, probably not a super productive way to feel because mm-hmm. the things I'm feeling quote unquote guilty about aren't 
necessarily morally. I mean, yes, right. like mom guilt, for example. Like I, there are a million things I wish I could be doing and instilling or whatever into my children. Right. And I feel, what do I feel about it? I think I feel guilty. But mm-hmm. really what's happening is I'm being pressed up against the constraints of an actual life. Yes. And yep. living in 2023 when, <laughs> you know, the ideal that we have in our head is still from a time period. Mm-hmm. It's not from a time period that has been around since I was even alive. Mm-hmm. I don't and think. And it wasn't I mean, some of it. the sure. people who lived it then Who were anyway. in it at the time. Yeah. Yes. So, like, I remember at one point thinking several several years ago, like, just throwing my hands up in the air and being like, it's not 1950. Why am I trying to get a four-course meal on the table every night? Right, For right. family, most of whom are not even going to eat it. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. still, I think I still run into stuff like that or yes, whatever. Same. But So anyway, what I liked about this point was the idea of looking at what we're saying is guilt mm-hmm. and finding out what the real emotion is. Is yeah. because sadness or disappointment, those are probably often more accurate descriptions of what I'm feeling. Yeah. I don't think people use guilt the way that this article is defining guilt or whatever maybe the actual definition of guilt really is. Mm-hmm. We're all just feeling crushed under it. And so mm-hmm. instead, we, I think, like, if I'm like, well, you know, I feel really sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about this thing that I didn't get to participate in. Yeah, yeah. Instead of guilty. Yes. Because guilt assumes that I had the time and bandwidth to participate in all the things to begin with, which I didn't. That's a really good point. Like like you talking about mom guilt hits pretty hard. I mean, yeah. I'm Probably a mom for and every I think, single yeah. mother. Yeah, yeah parent really i mean i think we all yes like, sure. we connect with our kids like we want to give them things we want to be better with them for them and sometimes i just can't i mean we live right across the street from a park it's not even a full block away and arthur will be like do you want to go to the park and i'll be like i that's a long way to go <laughs> <laughs> that's so far away I, uh, yeah. I don't Have you I seen the movie that. I Don't Know How She Does It with Sarah Jessica Parker? Huh. No. It was it from goes. 2011. And so Sarah okay. Jessica Parker plays this like high powered executive mom with, I think, two kids. And like, you know, she's like flying back and forth. And one of her kids gets lice and she's like in a meeting and her head starts itching. It's like, and she has to go. Oh like, my she's gosh. on a. Uh, She's on a work trip in New York and she has to go get lice treatment. I mean, it's just like, you know, and one of the, one of the other scenes, like there's a care, like parents are supposed to bring in baked goods or something for a bake sale or something at school. And she's like buys a pie and kind of smushes it to make it look more homemade. And, you know, just like that kind of stuff. Anyway, I, I love this movie, but I remember thinking when I watched it, like, the only thing I don't like about this movie is that she is a high power, like she has all the resources she has. She, but, and she has like a lot of responsibility and she's stressed mm-hmm. out and she lives in a more fast paced environment than Fort Wayne, Indiana right, and yeah. all this and, and thinking like, well, I feel that way and I'm just a librarian. Right. It's because it's universal. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, we mm-hmm. are all suffering under that these Mm -hmm. expectations that are just Mm -hmm. impossible to live up to yeah i don't know where i was going with all that but 
my regret was like this is a universally universally like recognizable mm-hmm. experience and Absolutely. you don't have to be like the c-suite to be feeling it yeah yeah and i mean what you're saying about it being like a universal experience i've been i've been watching succession mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. mary and no it's, I'm, it's um, good it's good it i'm real. i'm almost finished i think with the fourth season now but i i find myself feeling really sympathetic to some of the characters and then Mm -hmm. also having this reaction of but you have gajillions of dollars and blah 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 like i can't feel too bad for you and then i'm like but they're still human human it really does not matter what our circumstances are we are still human. We still experience emotions. We still have certain desires. And that's shown in the show as well. We're like, you know, they want love. They want to be recognized. They want to be seen as someone to be proud of. Right. It's all very yeah. human, even if it's at this very high level of a place where I don't think any of us are ever going to really see, you know, like it's so it's Downton Abbey only far darker and edgier. That's what it feels like. Um, I think it does highlight that, you know, we're all human and everyone mm -hmm. is trying to overcome very human problems. And yes, a product of their environment and what they're exposed to and the nurturing they do or do not get. Mm hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's just like when you're in a position like that, you can do a lot more damage if, you know, if you're the hurt people hurting people. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Full circle. Full circle. Right back to the beginning. Yeah. So let's see here. I think my takeaway from this, just real quick before we sign off, is to be okay with the discomfort. Like that's that's the big one for me is to be okay with it. It's okay. Like it is not the end of the world. Things are going to be mm-hmm. all right. Whatever happens, there's a way through it. There's a way through yes. it. Yes. And I am well supported yeah. and loved. And that is that is a resource that I feel immensely grateful for. Because I know that that is not always the case for everyone. And so, like, sometimes when I look at, like, the struggles that I have, the thing that I am most grateful for is that I have people to share those struggles with and feel stronger in facing them. Like, yeah, you and I get to bond over this conversation and get to understand each other in a much more vulnerable way so that when things happen... Eleanor is being very vocal at the moment, at the moment. Sorry. <laughs> but when things happen, it does allow for that grace, for that compassion, for that empathy. And then I feel like that has an opportunity to cascade. And I think that's yes. what I want to kind of keep in mind is that this conversation, whatever it is, it may feel hard right now, but there's an opportunity for it to feel really good later. And for that to mm. like, yes, grow and I, yeah. I really like that I like that a lot no that's really good like doing the hard conversation and then being in a better place for future yeah. growth and interaction yeah. certainly yeah. feels a hell of a lot better than maintaining the status quo and just feeling shitty 
Yeah, and like shutting people out of your life. Like how many times can yeah. you shut people out of your life? I mean, sometimes that has to happen. It's that's that's just life. But when it comes yeah. to like things where you're like where you allow this fear to be the thing that ends everything instead of like pushing and being comfortable with it, there's an opportunity yeah. for growth as opposed to the end of something happening. And I think that that's hopeful yeah. and I would much rather it be like that. And maybe that makes it so that I'll open up my heart more and get hurt more. But I think, I think I'd rather do that. I think I'm tough enough. I think I can handle it. Well, it definitely <laughs> feels like more of a, a living experience. Yeah. Yeah. It feels richer. Like, yes. Yes. If I can, more if texture. I can, do what it takes to hold on to the people I love. That's work I am happy to do and proud to do and that I want to do. And like the the competitive part of me is always like, and I'm going to be the best at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you will I'm be. not always. Oh, thank, thank you. I do try. I do try. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just felt like this, I felt like this was such a good article. I really like, maybe I'll see if it's okay with my therapist to like give her a shout out on an episode at some point, but I haven't asked her, so I won't say her name. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm so grateful to have someone to talk to and that, I mean, this is another place where like not only having access, but being able to cover these visits out of pocket now because our insurance changed. And yeah. we can't, she doesn't take our insurance. And so thankfully we can afford out of pocket. So yeah. Like there are so many things that are like put as blockers to being able to get help. Yeah. And it's just so, yep. so heartbreaking. So fear of disappointing others. Great article. Thanks for running yeah. through it with me. I had yes. a wonderful time. Fun. My heart actually feels really good. Right now, I hope that. Good. I hope that. Yeah, you me feel too. Good. I'm gonna good. Like, take a nice cleansing shower, get this eyeliner off my left eye, and go to the cherry <laughs> blossom festivals. Oh, that sounds so.